previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. I am a Boston sports fan across the board, and that comes from my father's side of the family. They're all from just outside Boston. So I really didn't have a choice as a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just kind of built in from the get-go, and I never really veered off of that in any way, no matter where I moved. Good for him. Good for your father. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Roxy and Simon are with us. Hello. Hey. hey, hey. So, Littles, happy 4th of July, and we have a Brit with us. Now, what is that going to do? I don't know. It'll make the podcast interesting. Now, Simon, explain right away. We have to get right into this. Do you even celebrate the 4th of July? Uh, uh, no, I, I, it's a sad day. Very, very sad day for me, obviously. But it's more of a sad day for you guys, really. If you think about oh, it. Oh, okay. You could, I mean, you know, you could still be part of the empire if you hadn't done what you did. <laughs> so, you know, you'd have free healthcare. You'd have, um, oh, that's a good point. I don't know, manners. Um, <laughs> manners. Etiquette, a class. You know, you'd have a, all these different things that I guess. All right. You know, well, we should move along before we lose all listeners. <laughs> Simon pisses everyone off. Yeah. So happy 4th of July, everyone. I mean, so much is going on this day, obviously. Fried dough, funnel Fried. cake, <laughs> whatever imp- way you call it. The, the important, important things. things. The important things to Roxy. And uh, we, as always, have a great show for you. But first, we're going to... Well, there's a few things I want to point out. We've had a few Red Sox fans lately. We have a few coming up uh, as our Meet the Littles guests. So I would like to acknowledge a few things. Now, yesterday was the day that Lou Gehrig made his very famous the I'm the luckiest man alive speech. And on this day in 1939, I believe, yeah, Yankees retired the first uniform number four, which was Lou Gehrig, and it was the first old timers day. So we'd like to acknowledge that. And then in 1960 on this day, it was the uh, Mickey Mantle hits his 300th career home run. Lots of stuff going on on 4th of July for the Yankees, okay? In 1983, Dave Rigetti, no hits the Red Sox. So we get a big boo on that, but I just want to say, you know, we we acknowledge acknowledge the respect for the Yankees. So let's see what's going to happen today. you say Yankees, I just say other teams. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just saying, I mean, we don't discriminate. So we don't discriminate here on the Loyal Littles podcast. So we acknowledge the Yankees and their existence. Mm -hmm. Roxy just says it's the other team. Yeah. Simon wants to know when we're going to get to talk about cricket again. (laughs) And... But no, seriously, I mean, so let's see what happens. They have a doubleheader today against the Mets. They didn't do so well yesterday, and uh, so we'll see what happens. But first, before we get to all... Well, hang uh, on. Honestly, I'm more concerned about the fact that no one has mentioned yesterday's game. Um, the see, soccer game. Wait, England are into the semifinal. Don't wait, you wait, mean wait, football? Don't you mean match? You said game. Well, yeah. Ah. Oof, oof. That's one for me. All right, so the go match. ahead. The what match. happened yesterday, Simon? What do you mean? What happened yesterday? I, I England was... beat Ukraine four four goals to zero, as you would say, on four nil, as I would say, <laughs> and we're now in the semi-final of the Euros for the first time since '96. Uh, wow, so, uh, that's yeah, that's a big day. Uh, pretty delighted. Now it was we did comprehensively beat them, but when we beat Germany a few days before that, that was the big that was the big game, the big game. Yeah. All right. Mm. So. Roxy's going to have to wake me up when this is over. Ah. And, <laughs> all right. So let's get to some emails and all that stuff. First of all, I have to give a huge shout out to Bob Sproul. Littles, if you're not now, I hope I'm not ruining your group for you, Bob, but I'm going to tell everyone to run over and join uh, Littles Picking Games over on Facebook. Because if you're not, 
I don't know what you're doing because now he says, what does he say, Roxy? These contests, they're, the prizes. They're of small monetary value. Okay. I'm going to debunk that. Very generous. It's very generous. I, I'm surprised he, he does anything, but I mean, this is like such a cool thing. So get over there, join the group, play these fun games he does for a lot of them are for the golf. A lot of them are for football. football. We did one for, I think we basketball. basketball. We did March we did, Madness. We did March Madness. Mm-hmm. Everything. So, and he's just giving away prizes for the winners. I mean, that's so cool. Anyway, yeah. big shout out. I got my prize. I, I was supposed to acknowledge the fact that me and Patrick Moffat were tied now <laughs> for the last one. We both won. And there was like four or five other winners, I mm-hmm. believe, because we all had the golf thing correct. And uh, just thank you, Bob. That's really sweet. And Littles, head on over to Littles Picking Games. Our next, it was a tweet from Jolene Wojcik. And she says, look what arrived in Grand Island, Nebraska. Thank you so much for the sweet note and your kindness, Chuck and Roxy. The box of that will be arriving to another Littles house soon. Roxy's flat Stanley idea is taking off. And a really nice picture of the box of that that we sent her. Yeah. So I'm excited. I, mean, I can't wait to see who it gets to next. I know, right? That's what I'm looking forward to. And I, I kind of, we've kind of felt deep down, we knew Jolene would pass this along. Yeah. So we're really excited for that because who doesn't want to get a box of that? Littles, no. right? It's exciting. Simon, so cute. you got to get a box of that someday, Simon. Maybe I would someday. love a box of that. Yeah. yeah. And next we have a nice email from David Patton. I won't read the whole thing, but I will read most of it. He says, hi, guys. Love putting voices to the names I see on social media and here on The Big Show. You two and Simon and Tiny Chuck and Ritz do a great job at keeping it interesting. Loved the interview with the guy who grew up in Milford, Connecticut, and the guy who grew up in upstate New York near where Chuck grew up. Now, here's the most important part of the email. Okay, so we've got some work to do here, mm-hmm. co-host. He says, can't decide which summer of Littles to attend as I live almost halfway between New York City and Wethersfield. That's Connecticut, wow, how right? how is that even yep. a decision? And then he says, La Cheeserie, Dave Patton. So let's get into this real quick. I don't know how that's even a decision. Um, hello, New York City is yeah. where it's at. Come to the Big Apple. Uh, there might be some, I don't know, Loyal Littles podcast prizes to give away. You might get something from us if you come down to New York City. You get to meet Simon. You get to meet Roxy. You get to meet Chuck. I you mean, get wh- to meet Maeve. That's right. You get to meet Maeve. I mean, come on. Hello. What else do you need, Dave? David, we're putting you down. We're making yeah. the decision for you. <laughs> so you just need to let us know how many people you're bringing with you. So we'll see you August 7th at Hurley's Summer of Littles. Yes. Done. All right. Moving on. Before we get to our great Meet the Littles guest, Roxy, as you know, I teased everyone. We had to to put this podcast off almost a day. Well, pretty much a day uh, because Roxy was out of town and I posted a picture that you sent me and I thought that was fun. And I know the Littles enjoyed it. So, Roxy, why don't you take a quick second and explain the picture because I haven't even heard this yet. Littles. So I'm excited myself to hear what exactly, where did you get a tractor, first of all? And what were you doing with all that? (laughs) So I was actually in Pennsylvania, in Galton, Pennsylvania. I was with my tap dancing group, the Honey Taps, and we were performing and marching in their 4th of July parade celebration. So we were, you know, just in the parking lot, like getting ready. We were following a bunch of people 
in the parade and in front of us there were some tractors and one of the guys let us take a picture with it and it was so much fun we did some light choreography walking down the street in the parade procession and that was super fun and then later on we got to perform in the pavilion that was in their like park area and we performed some like a patriotic number and then did a contest of like 1940s-esque dancing which was super fun we got a lot of kids involved which I always love when the kids jump up and want to dance with us that's so great and uh yeah we were surrounded by this little sort of county fair but didn't you say like they played the wrong song or something no, they played the correct song. It was just, it was the teaching version of the song, which is an extended version of the song. So there wasn't a button for us to hit at the very end, hit our final pose. There wasn't a like final beat. Now, Roxy, um, after our wedding, didn't you learn your lesson with all this stuff with music? Like how, yeah, why I was mean, this not checked and like who's, who's in charge of that? I had gone over it with the DJ, but there, to be fair, there was a lot of other, he was being asked to do a lot of other things. Uh, um, so even though I told him, I showed him on the phone, like which this is what you hit first uh, and then you hit this. Right. It just, it was oh. a little mistake. Yeah. So. When so, you say he was being asked to do lots of other things, do you mean like he was asked to sweep the floors? He was asked to drive the... <laughs> The well, float or actually, no, he was driving, he was driving, poop. he was tri- driving the truck that provided our music for the parade. The then, driver and the DJ. But that, wow. yes. And then he was the DJ and he was great. He so was he's really the driver great. And the DJ. Um, he was handing out trophies for prize winners for, I don't so, really and know he's what. The grand, um, what do you call that guy that hands out the trophies? The, the grand marshal? Like, sure. Well, anyway. Oh, wow. Um, so okay. just well, for the record, I was trying to I was set up and, this guy, but now I feel bad. He obviously was actually doing every job. No, he. <laughs> He was, and he was, he's very like beloved in this town clearly because when, like, as we were going down the parade route, it was just like, oh my gosh, look who it is. Oh, and so they, you were with and a they, celebrity. They called out uh, and didn't his he save three and... babies from a fire that day as well? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. But um, it was really fun. I, I'm going to see that and I'm not going to raise it. I'm just going to like say this. Yesterday in my show, I had an understudy go on for two lead roles. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway. Uh, that was fun for you. Yeah, no, that was so much fun. It's fun for, for me. him. <laughs> so much fun for me. No, that was a nightmare. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad I have today off. Simon, glad you're here. Roxy, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. A bird. A plane. No. The Loyal Littles podcast. Now back to the show. All right, all you loyal littles, listen up, because we are super excited for this one. We are being played in today by dear friend of the podcast, the great Jason Fuse, and this song is called The Fire and the Lion. 
And this is off his new album called Headed Home, just released July 1st, just four days ago. We are so excited to be playing one of the new tracks on our podcast, Honored, if you will. This album is nine tracks of greatness. Run, don't walk, over to Bandcamp, search Judo Fuse, that's at J-U-D-O-F-U-S-E, over on Bandcamp. It's called Headed Home, buy this album, Littles, you won't be disappointed. You can also find Jason over on Twitter, at Judo Fuse, J-U-D-O-F-U-S-E, and he actually has a link to the album there on his Twitter page. Find it, go buy it, nine tracks of greatness. And as always, we'll play the full song, The Fire and the Lion, at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal Littles, it's now time to meet the Littles, and we have another fun one for you today. I believe it is definitely from the Midwest. Please welcome to the podcast, Chris Davenport. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Hey, good morning, Chuck and Roxy, and uh, the Hall of Famer might fight you about whether I'm in the Midwest or not, but that's another <laughs> podcast, right? That's another podcast, right? I mean, we think you are. I mean, you must be, I would think. I mean, I feel I am. Yeah. I mean, if Ohio is for sure, but right. that's right. another debatable topic mm-hmm. on other podcasts. So, yeah. So maybe this will bring up some uh, convo for her over there. So, well, first of all, I- I'm excited because I- you probably don't realize this. There is a big time producer here in New York City named Ken Davenport. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. so in the Broadway Show League, I actually pitch for Davenport. That's the name of the team. It's just called Davenport. Yep. Now same that's way. a good team. Right. I'm just going yeah. to say, that's got to be first place. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do all right. Actually, we, we won well, we, three, t- three, three and four years. Three yeah. and four years. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that is pretty good. And we actually had a pretty big name kind of ruin it for us in that <laughs> Fourth year, but we won't get into that. Someone that was might have been on American Idol who didn't win, but uh, yeah. Anyway, and so. then also didn't win the softball. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay though. He's a nice guy. So anyway, so Chris, why don't we turn this over to you and uh, just introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there and tell them anything you think they might want to know about Chris Davenport. Well, I'm Chris Davenport. I live in Whiting, Indiana. They call it the little city by the lake. We're three miles, I guess it is, from Chicago. So I can walk out my door about a block to Lake Michigan, see the skyline when it's a good view of it, no clouds and everything. So that's the area I live in. They call it the region. It's kind of funny. So we're northwest Indiana, so I'm technically in Indiana. But all our news, everything else comes from Chicago. So we kind of identify more as Chicago, but then Chicago doesn't really want us. And then downstate (laughs) Indiana, they call us the region. They don't really want us. So it's like we're our own little thing, even though we feel like we're part of two different things. Right. Now, before we get into your past, why don't we jump right into the time zone thing? Now, so you're in one of those spots where they don't do the time change and stuff? We do, but we're central time. And then most of Indiana's Eastern time, and it's just, it, I know it gets difficult business-wise right. when, people okay. are, when people are connected. Like, we had an issue even when we were trying to connect in 
decide on the time because I'm assuming you probably thought we were on Eastern time when you yeah, got at first. the original email. I totally thought you were in Eastern time. Full disclosure, we're doing this early in the morning. Well, for us, it's early in the morning. I don't think it's early in the morning for you. So I had to ask again. I'm like, oh, that's an hour earlier for you. Is that okay with you? And you were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that kind of made me laugh. That's a little bit of a joke. I'm, I don't sleep too much. So. Oh, um, wow. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> we value our sleep here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I did. Believe me, that's as much by choice. Right. Mm. All right. Well, where did you grow up and all that stuff? So I actually grew up here in Whiting oh, most wow. of my life, you know, ventured out a little bit, lived in Calumet City, Illinois for a little bit when I was dating my wife at the time. We actually lived in there when we got married, now that, I, now that I really think about it. But so in Calumet City for a short time, but then that wasn't the best place to be. So we we're looking for a house and we ended up just stumbling back here to Whiting. It worked well because my wife at the time was working in the city. So the travel was easy and we get kind of a small town feel, but then we're able to visit the big city whenever sure. we want. Sure. Well, that's great. And where did you go to school and all that stuff? So I went to Whiting High School and that's, I actually coach football there now. And then I went on and screwed around in college a little bit and got a few credits, but that wasn't so much my thing. I was young, didn't really know what I was that interested in. So bounced around, going to go be an accountant or some nonsense, some business junk and nothing we, we, that I really want to do, but Oh, I can make some money doing that. Right. I ended up finding a place, a job, this place that made car seats for the Ford plant in Chicago. Worked there for quite a while, and then I ended up moving. To, there's a big refinery here in Whiting. It, uh, it's an old Standard Oil refinery that became Amico. That's now BP. And then I was working there for five, six years. And then kind of leading up to Tony Kornheiser stuff, I was in a car accident just before Jingle Fest 1. So I haven't really been able to do too much since then. So I, I'm just over at the school now uh, coaching, and I work with the strength and speed development with the football team and try to get as many as the other athletes out that I can get to work with them. Right. Well, let's get into that for real quick then. So how did that all become? Now, did you play in high school and stuff? Yeah, I played everything in high school. It's a smaller school, so sure. you're, you're afforded to where you can play everything. So I played football, I wrestled, and then I played baseball also. Oh, that's great. And But football was like your favorite or what, what no, gave you the you interest? No, you know, that's like the one thing everybody thinks because I coach football, that's my favorite. And I, I love football, don't get me wrong, but baseball has pretty much always been my favorite sport. If you could get like that dream wish, like you can be whatever you want to be, you know, it would have been a baseball player. Well, we love that. <laughs> I guess we'll dive into that area then. So are you a Chicago fan? Because that's like the big city? Because I, I screwed this up in a previous podcast <laughs> because I assumed... I forget who it was. They were like, well, we do have Indianapolis. You know, we do have Peyton Man. I was like, right. oh, right. <laughs> Completely forgot about them. So go there. Is Chicago baseball or where are you going? No, you know what? So I, I don't like anything Chicago. I guess I did when I was little. Yeah. So when I was young, I, I kind of liked the Cubs just because they were always on. They're like 1984. They won the division. And my dad worked shift work. So a lot of times he was home during the day and he'd have the games on. And they had this intro show to the Cubs games called The Lead Off Man in 1984. The song to the show was Jump. So, you know, <laughs> I jumped on the bad wagon and kind of liked the Cubs sure. right. for that. But then as uh, probably right around that time, 84, 85, and then definitely into 86, you know, I'd watch This Week in Baseball and that, and I'd get to see Roger Clemens all the time. And I was like, whoa, that guy, he's unbelievable. So then that became how I started following the Red Sox and actually became a Red Sox fan, which ah. I'm sure you appreciate. Whoa. I don't know what uh, you're yes. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so 
you know, that became a huge Red Sox fan. I wanted to be Roger Clemens because I, I thought I threw hard in high school. The 80-mile-an-hour high school <laughs> fastball feels like a lot at the time. Right. So I wore tw- I wore 21 for baseball. I pitched. I'm a bigger guy. In high school, I was probably just over six feet tall, 220 pounds. So, you know, I thought I was the rocket. But <laughs> <laughs> I was in the high 50s and thought I was there. So I don't, I don't blame you, you know, so. Football-wise, it was real rough growing up. So, Chuck, I'm, from everything you've let on, we're probably right about the same age. And I'm actually a Packers fan living in where everybody loves the Bears. And right. Growing up, the Packers were just god awful. They they always had good offenses. They throw up thirty points, but give up forty five points type right. deal when I was growing up. So that all came from my mother was a Packers fan and my aunt was a Packers fan because I guess it would be my great great uncle or maybe great 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 uncle. He was a priest at St. Norbert's College in Green Bay where they would have their training camps. So oh. that kind of got passed down to them. Oh interesting. Now are you a shareholder though? I am a shareholder. You are. Yeah. Oh nice. <laughs> That's excellent. All right. Well, Chris, now can we get into the the Tony aspect? Now you kind of, and off air, you kind of clued us into something I didn't even know about where you were saying that you could record the intro to the the show, the podcast back in the day. And you said you did one of those? Yeah, it was, it was quite a while ago. I'd like to say it was on 980 at the time, but yeah, people were able to email in their MP3 of the uh, previously on the Tony Kornheiser show. I'd like to say that was right before the jingling started, but you know, after 20 some years, sure, it it all kind of blends together a little bit. And that was definitely before my time, so I understand. And reminder, Littles, we sort of do that, but not the intro. That's that's all Roxy. No, I do that. that, That's her thing. (laughs) But we do do these bumpers. Uh So if you'd like to do a bumper, even if you don't want to come on as a Meet the Littles guest, which we don't understand why you wouldn't want to, but you can always do that. So just let us know if you want to do a bumper and we'll hook you up with all that information. So now, when did you start listening to Tony? So I guess it would have to be in the, the late 90s, probably about 98 or so. So as I said, I'm not a Chicago sports fan, but I live, you know, in a Chicago sports area. And that was kind of when all the sports talk radio was really taken off. And, and I didn't like the silly Chicago sports talk radio guys calling in. Oh, do you think Grace will hit a home run today? I'll right. hang up and listen. Jump. Right. <laughs> not interested at all. And then they started um, AM 1000 in Chicago, became ESPN AM 1000. And that's where uh, I guess probably the first I started listening to was Mike and Mike back when they first started, mm. which was real cool. You know, before, if you ever listened to them, all they were doing was selling stuff, it seemed, <laughs> towards the end there. So, but back when they were just doing all kinds of national from all over the place. And then Dan Patrick, I believe, came next. And then this guy, Tony Kornheiser, came on. I'm like, okay, he's not local. Let's start listening to that. And it was like, different i liked mike and mike i liked dan patrick at the time and then tony was so much different just how he interacted and you know they'd go to their news segments and they'd have this guy dan the duke davis and he'd interrupt them and it seemed <laughs> like dan got pissed at the very beginning and then kind of like oh this is cool we'll go with this so that's how really i was first introduced to tony yeah and uh going back i was crazy psycho mike and mike when we first met that was one of that was one of the shows that i started getting to know with him and i remember one time i was up in connecticut and for some reason i thought you know what i'm gonna be a good girlfriend and i'm gonna put the show on and see what they're talking about so i can press him with my knowledge (laughs) of what i just heard (laughs) and they were talking about dustin pedroia and i got so excited because i actually knew who that was what team he played (laughs) for 
And I was able to, I think I texted you, Chuck. I, I was like, oh my gosh, they're talking about PD. So. And you know, ironically, funny part, uh, this is, uh, sorry, I don't mean to, we don't mean to be tangent. taking over your interview. <laughs> no, uh, go ahead. But no, I mean, honestly, one of the, my favorite moments about dating Roxy was, I think it was your first birthday. I think it was. I got you. I know what I got you. Yeah. But then didn't I also get you the rookie card? You got me Dustin Pedroia's rookie card and a Lego figure oh. of him as well. Oh, right, right, as well. I actually have here in the apartment. But when she actually accepted slash loved the rookie card, and of course her dad was like, you better hold on to that because that's the most valuable thing you (laughs) own right now. (laughs) That's when I knew she was a keeper. I was like, okay. She didn't like, she's like, what the hell is this? Right. So (laughs) you're like, Petey, that goes a long ways in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, and you're also a PTI watcher. So I started because of Kornheiser. I'm like, well, I'd like to say he started on ESPN radio about two, three years maybe before um, PTI started. And so obviously he was talking about it on there and hyping it up. And I pretty much since the beginning have uh, watched. And now really I listen to the podcast. I rarely have the opportunity to watch. I still enjoy it. It, They've become kind of too much of them, especially Wilbon with his (laughs) rants and stuff. Like I guess that's what you got to do nowadays type deal. I mean, I love it. But I will say, and I am a big podcast listener as well. But it drives me crazy when they're like, did you see this? Watch this. You know, and you're like, you can't see it. Like, right. did you see this? catch? What, what was better? This catch or this catch? That's the only time I get annoyed. And so I do try to watch it right before I go to work at night. Yeah. And I, I do have to say that was the other thing that solidified Roxy puts up with that. So that's always great. So <laughs> I do get to watch. I, I'm not watching around the horn as much uh, as I used to, which I also very much enjoyed because it was like one went with the other kind of thing. Yeah. Well, especially and, uh, when for me. Tony Reale was the stat boy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Did that impress you a little bit? <laughs> I, mean, I know a little bit. I just put that put a smile on my face. I don't know about you. Do you watch Around the Horn as well? No, I'm just a PTI guy. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Well, it's the show that comes on right before that Tony Reale hosts. Yeah. And that's he left the stat boy status to go do that full time. Right. And, yeah, um, he's he's doing all right for himself. Yeah. <laughs> you think? I'm trying to get him on one of my softball teams here in New York, honestly. Because uh, he played, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, because he plays ball, and he'd be right up his alley. Because these are like performing arts leagues and mm-hmm. those kind of things. Yeah, um, that would be cool. Yeah. Now, have you ever gotten to, by any chance, go to a taping of PTI? Well, there's actually. <laughs> well, the closest I've been part of PTI, I've got to do the call-in thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not their mailbag. Fortune teller. What it's called. Fortune teller. Yeah, I've done fortune teller a couple times, but it's kind of funny. On Twitter, somebody was on there trying to get a hold of bonnie because they wanted to go see pti but i guess they didn't know how to use it i forget who even it was so i like tagged bonnie into it the conversation and then i guess this person dm'd bonnie about coming to see pti so then i don't know a week or two later i get a direct message on twitter from bonnie it's like where were you at we were waiting for you at the back door and i'm like oh my god no no that wasn't me bonnie if i ever get out there and get a chance to go i don't want my bridge burned I'm yeah, right. Go to the PTI show, so I had a real long, like three paragraph explanation how I was not the <laughs> oh, one no. who was supposed to show up. <laughs> You're like, I'll throw anybody else under the bus for that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that would be terrible if you stood Bonnie up, right? <laughs> exactly. So, Bonnie, uh, the greatest hugs in the world. Aww. I learned at Jingle Fest too. Aww. Uh, she hooked us up with getting our invitation signed for yeah. us. Because it's much harder to track Mr. Tony down nowadays. Right. You know, yeah, being no, that's in very the attic. Neat. So she was yeah. very sweet and did that for us. So that was nice. So, well, Chris, you can stick around, right? Of course. Okay. So let's take a quick break because we have lots to get into. I know a lot of people are wondering why we haven't gotten into your, we'll just call them your daily walks because, <laughs> I mean, they're just great. 
Littles, stick around. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Roxy, this summer of Littles 3.1 is just getting out of control. So many venues. So many. And they are, quote, downright giddy to announce six, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six (laughs) new venues this week, including... Cleveland, Ohio. Tampa, Florida. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Biloxi, Mississippi. Memphis, Tennessee. And... I have some bad news. We might have lost Simon. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know. Where is he going to go? Because now there is a summer of littles in London, England. Wow. That's amazing. So don't forget, summer of littles 3.1, August 7th. And then don't forget the bigger news. You can start RSVPing for which venue you're going to pick. So you've got so many to choose from. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Go to summeroflittles.com and go to the RSVP page and RSVP. Tell us where you're going to be. All right, Roxy. Let's get out of here. Back to the show. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we're lucky enough to be here with Chris Davenport from the Midwest. That's right. I said it. (laughs) And well, let's go there. Do you consider yourself in the Midwest? I do. I very much do. You know, I I made a joke that uh, Rob Copeland living in Indianapolis is from the South (laughs) because we say say anything just U.S. Route 30 that goes through Indiana. I'm always joking that anything south of that, you're Southern. (laughs) Well, so then you're a northerner. No. (laughs) All right. So one thing I wanted to get into, because if anyone follows you on, why don't you give it out now? What is your Twitter? It's just uh, Chris underscore Davenport. Okay. At Chris underscore Davenport. And if you haven't followed him already, you should, because is it every day? That you, I try to. Okay, so almost every day. He posts these great pictures, and it's just, you go on a daily walk? Is that what this is? How did this all start? You know, a few different things started it. So I mentioned before, I was in a car accident. I got a screwed up neck and a, a screwed up back. And so doing a lot makes it hurt more, and right. doing nothing makes it hurt more. So I need to something do something. So I right. kind of just started walking. And then my dog is a bit of a nutbag. So if it doesn't get its exercise, it's more of a nutbag. Uh-huh. Gotcha. So it's kind of killing two birds with one stone. And then sure. I just started paying more attention to things and like how beautiful things are. And I'm like, well, I'm going to take a picture. And then it's like, well, I'll post it on Twitter. And uh-huh. then it's kind of like, well, now it'll keep me a little bit accountable to get up off my butt and go do something and take a picture. And like I get people, you know, who, who lived in the area, who moved away, that they seem to love it. So I'll just keep on doing it. I don't want to like make major suggestions for you, but I mean, there could be a book here, maybe. Mm. I mean, these, this collection that you've assembled over, how, how long have you been doing this? It's got to be at least, a, it's probably over two, I was going to say two years, but it's yeah. probably two and a half years or so. I'm pretty sure it was Ed Butt I've talked to on Twitter about doing a book and stuff, because I don't know if you've seen him, he often has some just great pictures himself, not yeah. daily, but he does, right. he does really good stuff too. Yeah, but yours is like, and I, I mean, the book title would have to be on my daily walk today or something. I mean, because that's what you do every day, right? That's the saying you use or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. the saying. I like that. That's pretty good. I didn't even think of that. Myself. Oh, yeah, that's got to be the title. And then you just have these this picture book. It's they're gorgeous. I mean, and some are, you know, much more interesting than others, but they're all really great. And they find a story to tell between all of them. Mm-hmm. So no, you're right. Some days, too. It's, it's just, you know, nature makes it easy. You just turn a corner and like, oh, yep, that's sure. the one. So, I mean, the thing that's amazing to me, though, is like there's not many repeats or that kind of thing. So how... It's like, just, what's your route? Like, yeah, what's it's very your, interesting to what's me. What's your that's choice? All. Your choice of route, I guess. 
you know, my roots normally along Lake Michigan, and because it, it changes so much. So some of them are kind of repeats, but just living in an area that actually kind of has four seasons, you know, everybody jokes, right. you know, you go straight from winter to summer, but mm-hmm. having the four seasons really makes things look a lot different. So I'll venture out the different, you know, we got a smaller lake bias, but usually I end up going by Lake Michigan. I just, I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. The whole thing is just beautiful. So we got you your book. Well, I guess you already had the book idea. Maybe we had. So your title idea. So we got your title. (laughs) Now we just need a publisher. You will be credited in the the forward or wherever (laughs) you credit people. (laughs) Totally not necessary. Now, you, you sent me all these pictures, uh, and of course, we have the form, and you filled this out. So we need to get into this, the golden football, before we go any further, because this was pretty interesting. I did a quick Google search about it, because I didn't, honestly, uh, full disclosure, I didn't know anything about it. So I did a quick Google, but why don't you explain to the loyal listeners what this is all about? So I thought that quite a few of your listeners would enjoy this, because you have you know a few Washington football fans. A few. But uh, yeah. uh, in 2015, <laughs> for the 100 years of the NFL, anybody who was in the Super Bowl got a golden football to bring back to the high school they went to. So we had a fella named George Berman who played in the Super Bowl for the Washington Redskins. I think it was uh, Super Bowl seven, maybe? Yeah, it was long ago. Somewhere around there. When they were still that team. It doesn't really matter. So he played in Super Bowl seven as the long snapper and got a golden football out of it. And he goes down. He was drafted originally by the Bears out of Northwestern. And then uh, he was drafted, you know, as an offensive lineman by George Allen. And then George Allen brought him to the Rams. And he was still considered an offensive lineman who did the long snapping. And then George Allen went to the Redskins and got George to to come along. But now his only job was he is the long snapper. So he was the first ever long snapper in NFL history. Wow. Wow. And he went to your high school? Yep. He went to Whiting High School. And forgive me, is he still alive? Yes, he is. He was back. I should have sent you those pictures. He came back in 2015 for the whole ceremony to give us the football. And I think it's just a couple of years ago, he retired from Syracuse University as a professor there. Oh, wow. Many, many, many years he was a professor there. Do you know what he was teaching? Not off the top of my head. Okay. And, but did he have anything to do with the football team or anything like that? No, 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 no. He was just a real smart fella. Interesting. Uh, you know, and ended up in uh, Syracuse. You know, I always love those stories. When you hear these NFL guys, too, they go, they're go they going back for their doctorate and things like that. Because mm-hmm. they obviously understand that this is not forever. My body's not going to, you know, some guys are lucky enough to make it their entire career. Right. Uh, but others aren't. Well, and, that's uh, like a now going to the Olympics runner. She went to Harvard for, I think, neurobiology and stuff like that. Oh, so wow. she's like super smart, but she's also got all this talent for sports. It's amazing the things that people have kind of in their back pocket that you don't know about. Well, it's probably related to what you do too, Roxanne. I mean, being a dancer, same kind of thing. You're not going to be able to dance until you're 60. Well, you know, professionally probably. Yeah, your body can only take you so far. So (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) Well, that's great. So what was that like when he came back and you got to meet this guy and your team got to meet him and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, you know, it was, it was great. So he, before the game, he came in to the locker room. All the kids got to meet him and everything. And then at halftime, they had a nice little ceremony where he handed off the football. And then one of the best parts, one of our huge rivals, Bishop Knoll, we ended up going out and beating them 72-6. to six. So it was, it was a pretty great night all around. That's awesome. All right, well, I have two follow-up questions. Now, did you get any uh, shit for that, running up the score like that? <laughs> 
No, you know, because we never really run up the score. We pulled guys so quick by halftime to yeah. where the young guys were out there. It was just <laughs> they just didn't have any those, defense. Yeah, just one of those. The, the snowball just kept getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. And yeah. Before you knew it, everything Aww. was out of control. And they're padding their stats. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick question now. Forgive my ignorance on this. Did the Washington football team win that Super Bowl that he was in? That is a good question. Oh, you don't know? Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> Bobby. That is. Bobby? A good question. <laughs> uh, no, I was wondering because, well, I'm guessing he would have had his ring with him if, or did they, they did rings back then, right? They did ring. And I can't remember if I, if I saw a ring or not, you All know, right. we got to go with the cute Joe Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Joe Arrow. Yeah. yeah. There's another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. He, he would know for sure. So, well, that's great. I mean, that's, that's such that's a great so story cool. and so lucky. And, and that's still on display at your school, right? The golden football. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the trophy case. Wow. That's amazing. That's such a great, cause it's such a small high school. Yeah. We got about 450 kids, give or take wow. now, but I bet when Mr. Berman was here, it was probably 250. Yeah. That's kind of like the high school I went to too. We didn't even have football, so we do now, but we didn't when I was there. That must have had a big impact on your kids. Having yeah, well, they, were, they scored 76 points that night well, or whatever, right. so I guess. <laughs> they were so receptive and excited about the, the whole deal, which That's was awesome. neat. Yeah. I know. Kids are so impressionable, and you will hope that when they have these opportunities, they understand the importance and the value that it has to them. That's yep, great. exactly. Um, I'm sure you have to give your kids pep talks all the time. What is like your go-to words of inspiration that they take and carry with them? You know, probably the biggest thing that you try to instill in them, let them understand, you know, you've been trained, you're ready for this game. People get the impression, oh, it's a lot of yelling and screaming. And sometimes <laughs> you got to amp things up, right? And get things going. But then sometimes it's just words of encouragement. Like you're ready for this. Yeah. You've been taught, you know what you're supposed to do. You know what your assignment is. Mm -hmm. Now let's just go out and do it to the best of your abilities. And sometimes, you know what? You're not going to win that play. That's fine. Right. But if you win the majority of the plays, probably you'll get the results you want at the end. Yeah. Wow. You know, I actually kind of have a similar for myself when I first got my dream job and I was super nervous about, I just wanted to do a good job. It was telling myself, you know, the steps, you know, the moves you've trained for your whole life for this. Now just go out and do it and it'll be great. I love that. Win the play. Yeah. I never heard that before because I don't play football because right. we use win the inning quite a bit uh -huh. when I play. Yeah, it's all the same thing you yeah know, it's sure. just you've been trained you've worked now submit to the outcome you know yeah. you've done what you can and sometimes the other guys are better mm -hmm. you know that sucks you know no yeah, question. Right. Sure. you're keeping a score for a reason right yeah right. but, but you that have to trust too. yourself at that point there's nothing else you can do but trust that's well, awesome all right well i need to know so i'm gonna this i'm gonna mix this question up a little bit because mm. I'm, I'm gonna not give you the easy out but <laughs> besides photography what is one hidden talent that you have that no one knows about? Well, I like to think I'm a pretty darn good gardener. Now, a few people Ooh. know that because giving away tomatoes and stuff, but I really, I really enjoy gardening, and I think I do a decent job of, you know, <laughs> growing the crops, as they say. Wow. All right, that's great. Now, I'm going to guess Littles did not know that about you. I'm going to go one further and say, ditto, sir. Uh, that's the one big thing I hate about living in the city is that I can't do that. Oh, good. So when we get a house someday, you'll be the gardener and I don't have to touch the dirt. Cool. No, I, I do. No, I grew up on a farm. So my dad instilled that in me and mm -hmm. we'd have to go and 
we grew everything. We really did. And I've even tried a couple times. I lived in a high rise at one point on the 34th floor here in the city. And on the balcony, I actually literally tried to grow uh, tomatoes, zucchini, squash, things like that. It didn't work so well, uh, sadly. Because now, I don't know if this is true. I have a friend who, I'm going to say it, in the Midwest, in Ohio. And he's also a farmer. And he was telling me that he thought it could be the altitude. Now, I don't know how true that is. I think it had to do with like the sun and where the balcony was positioned and all that stuff. But I, I'm, I'm not so sure. But yeah, big that, passion of mine too. I like that altitude theory though. Yeah. Well, you never know. And that's something I would never even think of. It seems possible. I yeah, don't know. I think it was the makeshift flower pots and soil and stuff mm-hmm. that I was trying to use. But because here's the thing, I've done it before and it just didn't work this time. And I haven't tried it really since being here in the city. I'm, I'm kind of tempted to find like a little hidden spot in Central Park. You know what I mean? And just try to grow some stuff there that, but I have a feeling someone would find it. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But there are the, quite a the few squirrels at the very least. Well, right? that's true. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always kind of wanted to, but it's also getting the equipment there to do it properly and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. Right. What do you got, Rock? Well, this may be hit or mess, depends, but if you could live in any TV home, what would it be? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Any TV home. How about the different strokes home? Ooh. Ooh. That was on my list, actually. That's a good one. Now, it's funny. We asked this question recently, and we didn't know how to answer this. If the the neighbors and the family come with it, or it's just the actual you home. You in the house, yeah. right. Now, that's oh, a... yeah. I was taking everybody with it. I figured I'd have some siblings to do <laughs> stuff with. And, uh, apparently a ton of money. Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> No, that's that's a good one because that was on my list. I think I used the Huxtables. Uh-huh. I, stone, that was beautiful. And then just for like a normal, I'd say just a normal living, I said Growing Pains or Family mm-hmm. Ties. Mm-hmm. Again, these are just favorite shows. I mean, hell, I mean, why don't we just go with Cheers and then you could just live in a bar, oh, right? That would I mean, be amazing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long a living would last. But. Right. <laughs> Right. And here's another one of my favorite ones. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would it be? A cartoon character for a week. I think I'd want to be a brain from Pinky and the Brain. Try and take over the world every night. Uh Nice. I'd probably act more like Pinky, but (laughs) I'd I'd strive to be the brain. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, This is one of my favorites. If you could time travel, where would you go? Now that's a tough one, Roxy. Because you can go, you can go real serious or real fun with that. Sure. All right, do one of each. <laughs> All right, I'll go serious for a moment. I had a friend who died when I was uh, a teenager, so I'd go back and make sure that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty easy one right there. Yep. And then I think I'd go back to the for the fun one. Go back to the ice bowl oh. and uh, be at that, but take some of the modern comforts. So I'm nice. Right. And cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the tricky part too, you know. It's like you kind of want to go back there, but can I live in air conditioning? You know, the kind right, of thing. Like, right. right. So, and forgive me for this because we didn't really touch upon this. I mean, in detail, but I'm going to kind of group it together. Now, we know you went to a couple jingle fest. You said right. Correct. Went so, to the first two. Okay, so let's get there in a second. But the question is, if you were hosting Saturday Night Live, who would you want to introduce as your musical guest? Well, I'm 46 years old, so there's quite a few, and I wouldn't be able to do it now because of death, but the Beastie Boys definitely would be who I'd want to introduce. Nice. I wish you could have seen Chuck's face right now. It lit up. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. What's your favorite song? Oh, it's got to be Fight for Your Right. I mean, you know, it's the cheesiest, and, you know, you can't really blast at it. 
middle yeah. age, but what oh, the hell do it Jesus. anyway, right? I mean, girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I really want is girls. Oh my uh, sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll stop there for a little story. Yeah, and Chris, I don't know if you saw, but oh, you know, one of our past Meet the Littles guests, Juan Reese, and she is she works at the National Museum of African American History. They have this upcoming exhibit, but they also have an album, and it's the Smithsonian an- Anthology of Hip Hop and Rap. So I'm looking very forward to that because, uh, yeah, I might have some of that in my blood from back. You, you were right. We are, full disclosure, I'm a little older than you, but not much. And we that, that time period, time. that was my time, man. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I'm a big Beach Street yeah, fan. Grandmaster Melly Mel and the Furious Five, big fan of them. And I know people... The name if, cracks me up If they knew time. me now... I mean, people that find this out, they usually get shocked by this. They're right. like, what? Okay. So now, do you have any uh, favorite Jingle Fest moments? I mean, the pictures you, know, you sent were amazing. Pretty aw- like, the first one was probably the craziest, because you went there. You know, I wasn't as active on Twitter, and then uh, most of the people weren't. And it, it was... Right. Both times I went was a whirlwind. We left on a Friday morning, stopped in Pittsburgh for a Pirates game, and then the next day, Saturday, finished the trip and ended that Saturday night for Jingle Fest. So the first one you go to, don't know anybody, you definitely never met anybody. Most of the people I haven't even spoken to on Twitter. Just found out from your guys' podcast that Smitty was like the first person I talked to. Oh, that's right. How could I not realize that was probably the first person I talked to when we got to Kilroy? Right. Right. Okay. Well, speaking of, and Smitty Scoop would never let me live this down because during his interview, we had brought up that you were like, oh, I don't have much to say. And he said, well, ask him about the story of your wife and you taking this trip to Jingle Fest. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's a pretty good sport to be real, (laughs) real mild about it. I mean, that's. Her birthday falls. I was just talking on Twitter with Patrick Moffat about her birthday, June 28th. So it was it would fall during Jingle Fest. Right. So and that first one was kind of like, am I going to do this? Am I not? And then I think it was a week and a half before I'm like, I'm booking some hotels. I got a Pirates tickets to stop on the way. You know, let's do this. And she was a great sport about it. <laughs> um, and then you know you just get there and it's all these people and it's like, wow, I hope they don't suck. Like I came real far. It's a, it's a <laughs> 12 hour drive right you know everybody was cool the first person i actually met was in our hotel it was in the elevator it was joe arrow he probably doesn't remember this but it made me laugh like i got a kornheiser shirt on and he kind of eyes me up and down and i kind of eye him and i'm like but he looks for me and i'm like that's joe arrow and he's like yeah you're going to jingle fest and i'm like yeah and i'm about to say aren't you joe and he's like yeah i'm joe <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you are. I'm like, that's great, you know. And then, like, he gets off my life. like, I'm Joe. What is that? You know, like, and I'm like, no, that's Joe Arrow. So her, she's not even a, a tiny. I don't know. She's not interested at all in the show. But I'm like, no, that's Joe Arrow. You're like, that's Joe awesome. Arrow, right? <laughs> so yeah, I went to Kilroy's. You know, you almost needed a boat to get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The rain was so bad, and Tony showed up. Mark Stern and Gary uh, mm-hmm. showed up. Both Mark and uh, Gary are just like, how did you tell people what you're doing? I'm like, there's no explaining it to them. I just tried to, I go, I told him I listened to the show, you know, when we're going to it. I even asked Mark when he met him, I'm like, what do I call you? Like, do I call you Nigel? And he just like, <laughs> laughed at me. You know, he's like, no, call me Mark. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. So that was Jingle Fest. But Jingle Fest 2 was you know, it was a lot crazier. A lot of the bigs came. Mm-hmm. Now, um, can you pause though for a second? So, was your wife better about this one, or was she like, "Okay, I'm not going," or this is just you're insane? No, no, she was just happy to get to go do stuff. I guess oh, okay. get out, get out, the get house out of the house. Deal. <laughs> you know, 
she loved the, Pittsburgh's awesome if you yeah. ever gotten yeah. there. Oh, like, yeah, I had no times. idea. I'm like, I thought it was an old going to be a bunch of old guys smoking cigars in the steel mill town. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I got to that ballpark and I'm like, wow, yep. we're like the oldest ones in here <laughs> type deal. So she loved that. And then she just <laughs> enjoyed, I think, laughing at me, you know, going and seeing these people. I'm like, hey, I know you, you know, from Twitter, right. how you doing <laughs> <laughs> type deal. That's how. I got her to go and she was good about it. So she went back to a second one with me and Great. we got to meet a bunch of the bigs. And it was funny, um, towards the end of the night, like I seen Gary again and we're talking and Gary's kind of got a hollow leg, shall we say. So we were by the bar for a while and then Claire comes in and I'm pretty sure I didn't meet her at the first one. And I'm just like, man, I, I want to meet that woman from Alaska. She's like, she's here. Come on. So she drags me over, Uh-oh. you know, it's late in the night, shall we say. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh, hi. And Anita, you know, nice to meet you. And then Todd's there and I'd never met him. And I just look at this guy and just bellow at him. I'm like, you're the guy who likes beer. <laughs> <laughs> Not my finest moment, but <laughs> they went with it. Oh, I'm sure they were fine. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, Chris, thank you so much. That's that's why we do this, yep. right, Roxy? Yep. I mean, these stories are just so great, and we're just jealous because we've never been to one. You know, we're looking forward to summer littles. We mm-hmm. can't wait. Chris, do you have anything to plug? How can we reach you? Things like that. You know, just on Twitter, the Chris, uh, at Chris underscore Davenport. Summer of Littles, the Chicago area one, it's technically Hammond, Indiana. It's 10-minute drive, probably not even that, to the Illinois border, 45 minutes to the Michigan border. Don't make it just be... Me and my first wife sitting in Byway Brewery. <laughs> At least a few, a few. Come on out. So yeah, Littles, get on over to summeroflittles.com and hit the reservations page and make RSVP. sure RSVP. Make sure Chris knows you're coming, and that'll be great. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll you should probably get a good turnout there. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, Chris. Well, as an homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under. Under. Ooh. Ah. We've had a lot of those lately. I, I felt I had to take a row. stand when everybody was doing it. Then I found out my wife is an over, so oh. I doubled down. So is there controversy in the household? <laughs> no, she just will change it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so great, and we really appreciate the time. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. All right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast and the WTSC Podcast Network. La cheeserie. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you, Chris Davenport. Those stories, Roxy. I mean, first of all, that golden football thing was really great. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's such a cool story. And then, but the, I mean, of course, the Jingle Fest stories are the best. And just that his wife puts up with it and they travel 12 hours, I think he said, all the way there. It's just it's just great. So thanks so much for coming on. And let's get to what we're calling old school style Friday Five. So let's do the Friday Five from Steve Lipton this week. Roxy, what do we got? First all one. All right. Number one, what decade do you think you would most fit in? Simon, what do you got? I mean, okay, well, how much money do I have in that decade? Oh, you know what I mean? Because like, I feel point. like I definitely would fit into like 1920s England, you know, Downton Abbey kind of style, but only if I'm the rich one. You know, if, if I'm, <laughs> you know, I if, get I, it. if, if you're I'm, Lord I'm, Grantham, you know, don't have any money, I don't think I'd fit in very well yeah. there at all. But right. um, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll say you can be the rich one. Yeah. All right, Roxanne. Uh, then, yeah, then I'm going to go for that. Yeah. 
Uh, I would love, I feel like the 30s and 40s, like the golden age of movie musicals, like that is my era. And to be able to maybe dance on a movie screen with Fred Astaire or Gene Kelly or I don't know any of them, like that would be incredible. And I love the fashion, the hair, like just everything. It was such a cool period. All right, second one is what was your worst job? Um, I wouldn't really say it was my worst job. I mean, I wasn't performing, so I guess that was why it could be my worst job. I worked at Home Depot for a summer. I was a cashier, and the the lines I heard were astounding. <laughs> astounding. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I, I do have to say, my dad also worked there, and when I was on a shift that he was also on, like I felt more comfortable. Like I could just call him up and be like, so-and-so is saying this to right. me. And he's like, creepy. okay, yeah. I'll um, deal with it. Littles. She might also have the apron. So I do. I wasn't supposed to take it, but I did. <laughs> we might have to post a photo of you in that later. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, you know, I'm sure we all have a show that we've been involved in at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like, the worst job. Now I have a few, so I'm going to pick one that I lasted about a week. Uh, it was an off-Broadway show here in Manhattan. I was actually cast as one of the leads actually, and I'm just going to go there. I don't even care what, if they find out I, I talked about him, but it's, it was a, it's a Jack. It was based on the life of Jackie Mason. His ex-wife wrote this show and it's called punchlines and pregnant. And it was starring his supposed daughter, now, this is a huge controversy, Littles. Like, he says that it's not his daughter. The woman says she's gotten tests to prove that it's his daughter. Anyway, so she was in the show with us, and the mother wrote the show, okay? Holy cow. I lasted, like, three rehearsals, and it was so badly run and so bad that I was just like, I just couldn't I couldn't take it anymore. I was really disappointed because it was going to be, I thought, a legit off-Broadway show. You know, when I saw the ad and I went in for the auditions and I got, made it through three callbacks and I got the part, I was so excited about it. And because I hadn't been on stage in a while at that point, because I'd been doing a lot of drumming and stage managing and I just I had to leave and I I lied. I told her I got called to go back out on the road. And so I had to leave and it was plenty of time. It's not like they were opening in a week, but I just couldn't take it. And when I called her, it was hilarious because she goes, oh, I, I understand. She's like, yeah, she goes, I, I, I didn't think it would be you. And I went, what are you talking? She's like, oh, well, someone's one or two people always leave my shows. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, I just, and we, it's gotten to the point where me and my daughter now, we play a game, we try to figure out who it's going to be before we start, even start rehearsals and la la la. And she's <laughs> I was like, okay, well, maybe that should tell you something. <laughs> but wow. um, anyway, it was such a, it was uh, such a terrible experience. So anyway, that's mine. Uh, anyway, so let's get to the next one. What is your superpower, Roxy? I can kick my legs eye high. Oh. <laughs> All right, Simon, what do you got? Uh, it's got to be my accent, but it only works. It's like kryptonite. It only, well, you know, it's like Superman's powers. It only works when he's off his home planet. Right. So the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It must suck when you go home. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. It's the worst. All right. So I guess I don't really, I guess mine would be doing 15 things at once. Is that, would you say that? No. Not really a superpower. It's more of like a hidden talent. I'd say that's a pretty freaking good superpower personally. <laughs> I'm sorry. You should sure. see me during the show. I'm editing. Yeah, I'm texting. True. I'm watching the Sox game. I'm You're a good multitasker. Multitasker. Okay, I guess that's what I should have said. All right, what's next? Uh, number four. What is something you are certain you'll never do? Simon. Meth. 
Math? Math. Oh, math. math. <laughs> they said yeah. math. <laughs> no, math. Also in England, we'd say maths, plural. So, oh. Yeah, no, I'd, I'm pretty sure I'll never do math. Yeah, mm. I'm pretty okay. confident about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I guess mine, I would probably say is I'll never do Survivor. Oh. As sad as that is. It is really sad because I mean, you love it so much. I love it, and I think I'd be really good at it, but it depends where the location is. Yeah. Actually, I don't think that would matter because it's always yeah. somewhere where there's like spiders and snakes and yeah. stuff like that, which I'm just not into, unfortunately. But anyway. All right, Simon, what's the last one? The last one is, what's the weirdest thing a guest has done at your house? Can I go first on this one? Yeah, I'm stumped. Uh, mine would probably be wouldn't leave. <laughs> I, about 20 years ago. And funny, uh, yeah, 20 years ago. I, I lived in uh, out in Jersey, and so littles that you don't know, you the your buck goes a lot further in Jersey, and that's why a lot of people live there, and then they commute in every day and stuff like that. And it was really nice, and it was very big. It was great, lots of closet space. So we had an extra bedroom and with a guest bath. Mm-hmm. So it was great. So I had a buddy from one of my tours come to visit, and it, it, in his defense, it was never like when we agreed to this, it was never said, oh, I'm going to stay from Monday to Thursday or whatever. And I was living with someone at the time and she was like, so, oh, this is great. And she knew him because she was on tour with us. So, you know, it was no big deal. But like after four or five days, she was like, so how long is he staying? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. You know, he never said. And uh, so then it was literally a week and I kind of had to have the awkward talk with him. Okay, so what's up? What's next for you? You know, well, oh, I don't really have anything going on, man. He's like, I, I just just glad to see you guys and I'm just it's really cool to be with you guys and just He hang. was mooching. I but I guess cuz he wasn't paying you anything. Not so right. you can, Not so right. did you no. kick him out then? Well, I mean, we didn't kick him out, but we kind of had to have that. So, yes, I don't remember if we lied to him and said we had someone else coming in at the end of the week. So we ended up staying like another four or five days. <laughs> oh, my god! Yeah, it was really awkward. It was kind. Of, it was getting awkward. Because, That's annoying. Because he didn't have a car or anything. So like wherever we went, he had to go, mm-hmm. you know, that kind god. of thing. It was anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's so anyway. Simon, what do you got? A variation on the theme of that kind of. I had a, par- a Christmas party. And one of my friends, she got really drunk. And this is when I was living with uh, my ex and was like, oh, we're, we're going to bed. I, I don't have a big place. You know, it's like a junior, it's like a big studio. So there's not a lot of space. And she wouldn't leave. And then I was like, well, I guess let's just go to bed then and see what <laughs> happens, you know. <laughs> so we went to sleep and she start, I think she must have started to like sleep on the sofa, this girl. But then I, we woke up and somehow... She had taken off all of her clothes. She was completely naked on our sofa. And uh, it was just very bizarre. She was uh, obviously very drunk. So, so, and, so you um, woke up and there was this naked girl on your sofa. Pretty much. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I got to be honest. I thought that was yeah. going in a different direction. But anyway. Chuck, we, we this is a family show. No, no, I was actually, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say she wet the bed or something like that. Oh. Like she was sleeping. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Steve Lipton, for our Friday Five this week. Now, Roxy, before we get into telling everyone how they can get in touch with us, let's, let's make one more plea here. Okay. Summer of Littles 3.1. Hello. Come to Hurley's. You're going to see Maeve's done everything. She set the whole thing up. You're going to get her. You're going to get Chuck. You're going to get Roxy. You're going to get Simon. You're going to get Ritz, possibly Ritz's wife. Who's uh, lovely. Who's lovely. And you're going to get some, maybe some Loyal Littles podcasts. Swag. Swag. Merch. Merch. Yeah. So whatever. was it in doubt that um, 
the wife was not nice? Because I feel like you, 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 you had to add that in there. You're like, who's yeah. lovely? So yeah, uh, was right. that a thing? Well, you know, we they don't know sure her, about? so. Yeah, I just. Uh... So there's an assumption that she's horrible, and you just had to <laughs> put in there because everyone else's names was just a list of names, but but she she is lovely. Okay, you know, we're so. all lovely. Yeah, you're come trying... hang out with us. <laughs> yeah, really, Simon, because you're just trying to get us in trouble now. Uh, which <laughs> yep, is which is good, which is good. All right, so Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to go over to iTunes and give us a nice rate and review. That's always very much appreciated. Thanks again, Chris Davenport, for coming on as our Meet the Littles guest. And thanks to Shad in DC and Patrick Smith for our bumpers this week. All right, you two, let's get the heck out of here. We've got some partying to do. Maybe we'll see some fireworks. Everyone out there, Little Land, have a very safe and wonderful happy July 4th. And we'll. And happy, happy, happy treason day (laughs) to all of you. And as always, if you're out shopping on this lovely holiday, use, use the, the code. Use the code. You're the guy who likes beer. <laughs> <laughs>
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.